0: Hello, I'm Rochelle Humes and welcome to the My Little Coco podcast. Every child is completely different and what they want and need is never the same. As parents trying to work out the house, do the best job we can in bringing up our children, I know too well just how overwhelming that can be. In this podcast, I'm going to be speaking to my guests about their parenting journeys, what they've learnt along the way and what they still need to figure out. We'll be talking about the challenges we now face as parents in the digital age, whether our upbringings have impacted our parenting styles and how to balance your career with parenthood. Before I introduce my guest, I just want to say a huge thank you to Boots Parenting Club for sponsoring this series. As most of you know, My Little Cocoa is stocked exclusively at Boots, and as a little treat for everyone, they're offering 15% off of My Little Cocoa products online, excluding the 26th to the 29th of November. You just need to use the code mylittlecoco 15 at checkout. Right, let's start the show. Today it is my total privilege to be joined by this wonderful woman. Growing up in Hackney, she was brought up as an only child and found success as a singer in 2009, where her debut album, Do You Want the Truth or Something Beautiful, went double platinum. She's gone on to release four more studio albums and win Brit Awards. It could only be the gorgeous Paloma Faith. Now, today I'm keen to talk to her about a feeling I know oh too well, wanting to be an active and involved mum while also trying to have a successful career. I want to know how she juggles it, being a pop star, a mum. I want to know how she breastfeeds whilst being on tour and everything else in between. Here is Paloma Faith on the My Little Coco podcast. So thank you so much for doing this, first of all, and I always find it really nice to Dig into parenting, because it's something that we all know, you know, we're parents, but it's almost like that thing that we don't talk about enough, if that makes any sense. So, yeah. I want to find out a little bit, first of all, about your childhood. So, I know you grew up in Hackney, Yeah, one of my favourite places. <laughs> How did your childhood look?
1: Well, my parents divorced when I was two. And um, I was sort of raised mostly by my mum on her own. Yeah. And she she worked at the primary school that I went to. Oh, nice. So I always got double in trouble. <laughs> I was going to say, did that, <laughs> did that go for or against you? <laughs> so my mum worked in Hackney um, education for 48 years. Wow. And in, like, all different sort of roles. I'm really proud of like growing up in that way I'd say like my childhood was full of stuff because my mum was an only child so I did I mean I was an only child to a single parent so my mum was working all the time so I was always busy I always had some after school club or like a thing like I went to dance classes four times a week I went to like the brownies I did swimming I was like always Mm -hmm. active and I think that really influenced the way that I am today like I'm always busy yeah and do you know what I really I really
0: uh, relate to that because that's exactly me I was in every and my mum was my mum raised me on my own so my mum was always busy trying to work a million jobs to make things happen and then I just used to dance and also brownies and rainbows why does I'm really upset that my kids don't go to brownies or rainbows.
1: I really don't miss it. I think I had quite a hard time there. (laughs) I loved it.
0: I don't really know the purpose of it, but I loved it.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so that was sort of my childhood. And also obviously growing up in Hackney, it was like diverse and mixed and everything was like one minute I'd be like at a an Indian wedding and the next minute I'd be in like some Caribbean birthday party and that that was like my whole everyday life and I feel like that really informed the person that I am I'm really proud of it I feel very like Hackney to the core. Love that (laughs) I absolutely love that that is so nice
0: so how do you think your parenting styles differ or how are they similar in the way that you were raised? So in the way that your mum raised you?
1: Well, I've got two daughters and I would say that like my mum was... She was never like... I was never mollycoddled and I don't mm. really do that with mine. Like if they fall over, I'm like, get up. <laughs> <Yeah>. And also, <laughs> when you have
0: more than one child, there is no time to mollycoddle anyone. You'll be OK. You'll be all right. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Um. So I'd say in that sense, like similar. Also, my mum always talked to me about a lot of stuff. And I really like I sit and talk to my, well, my baby can't really understand. But the older one, who's, who's about to be five, like we talk a lot about our feelings and like the world. And we talk about subjects that maybe like a lot of parents don't um, discuss with their kids mm-hmm. like I talk loads to my daughter about kindness about inequality and how important it is to treat people the same and to look after each other and if someone you know like says hello to her and she does, and she's too shy to say hello back like mm. the other day we talked at great length about how that would have maybe hurt the other person's feelings yeah that like shyness can always Is like okay, but you've got to also think about how it makes other people feel and stuff like that. Yeah, so. I I said to her yesterday, actually, that I said, like, all the reading and the maths and stuff is great for me. But if there's one thing that I want you to be, that's kind. And she's just like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Do you know what I have
0: to tell you? Do you know when you go into parents evening and they will say lots of different things that, you know, she's at this, you know, level in maths or that she's and the one every time without and and marv almost has to nudge me because he knows i'm gonna cry i can't help it it's almost like there's nothing that's gonna stop me and it's really awkward because you don't really know the teachers that well they look after your kids and you you know you see them as much as you can do but they're not your friends so yeah and i whenever they say above all alaya is such a kind soul and she always makes sure that nobody's (laughs) left out i'm like Especially if yeah. I've had, like, a really busy week at work and I'm tired it's and I've like, not been around and someone pays a compliment to your child like that. That's, that fills you with pride like no other, doesn't it?
1: Totally. And also, I'm, like, always saying... I'm always nudging there going, don't let me down. <laughs> I feel so bad. But that's quite similar to my mum as well because I remember my mum being like, don't embarrass me with that stuff. <laughs> yes. like, make me know. proud. Yeah, so that's, I'd say, similar... And also I tell it how it is I mean I always do my mum did as well so
0: yeah and I, I get that from you as a person
1: I don't think you couldn't you could not tell it how it is yeah, so I don't sort of beat around the bush with her. I'm just like that was out of order <laughs> the other day someone laughed in the playground because she goes, "Somebody said such and such to me today at school and I said, "What did you do?" and she went I told the teacher and I said, "You're grass." <laughs>
0: So good, I love that but I love it a little bit of sass never hurt anybody so I know that you it was you know and we're all very different as parents how we raise our children and I know that you raised your children as gender neutral right
1: no I think that was misunderstood in the media massively oh well this is really good to clear that up so I said that I don't I said, as you know, tabloids like to sensationalise things. Uh Uh-huh. What I said to them was, first of all, they got confused because when I first had my baby, I didn't want her to be in the public eye because I was not sure how I'd feel. I did exactly the same thing as you, by the way. Yeah, but when you get when they get older, you start to sort of shift and get used to it and you change your mind or whatever. But, like, so initially I was a bit cagey and actually having had a second one, not being as cagey is better for me because it was exhausting <laughs> just trying to protect all the time. But, like, yeah, so basically initially I just didn't even... I, I would say they because I didn't even want people you didn't want people to know she she was a girl or a boy right but um but i've not sort of i've always raised her saying she but i just don't really believe for me personally Mm -hmm. um i don't really like to encourage like um gender specific identity so i sort of like always have a play with lego and like um Construction and science and art and stuff like that, and I would to a boy as well. And if she came to me and was like, "Oh, I want to be a princess or whatever," now she's older, then I'd sort of like, I would accept it, but I'd have a conversation about yeah. why, because I don't really want it to be like a social pressure on her. Yeah,
0: I totally, I totally, totally get that. And I think, you know, I I'm I'm raising three kids and I and I raise them the same. And, yeah. you know, Valley decided when every one of her friends was into Frozen and that's the way that it should be. She wants to be Spider-Man and she had a Spider-Man yeah. and, and that that I love that. That is to me, that is her making a choice because I feel like and I almost feel a sense of pride in that because in the way that we're raising her to say you, yeah. be, you be you, you, you who be you want. who you want
1: to be. And so I feel like for me that was sort of mishandled by the media. But I didn't, um, I didn't ever say gender neutral. I, I mean, if she wanted to be gender neutral when she was older, I'd embrace it. If she said, "I don't want you to call me he or she," of course, then I'll, I'll do it. But, but that's not a decision that you have made outright yeah, for her up, now yeah it's up to her isn't yeah. it yeah but I just feel like yeah I just want I just want it all to be pretty fluid and embrace who she is rather than it be like social pressure so I've never like dressed either of my um daughters in pink or like yeah. with bows in the hair or anything yeah yeah but I sort of dressed them how I dress myself which is like a bit of a mix like sometimes I might wear a dress but most of the time if I'm going to be casual and comfortable then I'll wear like tracksuits, what or you something, want. which yeah. is what they wear and I think that's exactly that's exactly it isn't it and I, I had a, a,
0: a situation where you know I was really trying to make a stand and teach Alaya to love her curly hair but then yeah. so I, I literally for two years I I didn't put heat to my hair I only wore my curls and then I was a little bit like Actually, I want to just let her know that variety is the spice of life and she can do what she wants. One day she might want to cut it off and the next day she might want to. And that is also, you know, that's also great. You can. I want her to be comfortable enough in her own skin, but realize that she can have choice. And I think that is that is what's important. Let's talk a little bit about being a working mum. Because I know you and I have had messages before back and forth on Instagram. <laughs> like, How do you do this? How do you do that? And, I, and I'm always I'm, it's being a working mum isn't an easy task, is it? And I think it's something that I'm adjusting to daily. I don't know about you, but just when I feel like I've got the hang of one thing, life will throw another curveball. And then I'm like, actually, I've really not got it this week. So I've sort of to eliminate pressure. I'm dealing with a week at a time because that's what yeah. I feel for my brain. We sit down on a Sunday and I say, okay, this is how I'm looking. And I know we know roughly what we're up to, but I kind of just like to do it in that way so I just don't overwhelm myself at one time. How how are you finding that adjustment, particularly because you've got two now?
1: Um, I feel like the first time that I had my daughter, I sort of... um was trying to be like a hero and I was looking at it like my mum did and I was like, she did it and she didn't have much help and she just like, she kind of like surrendered to the fact that she was of service to her career and her child and didn't give much time to herself Mm. and stuff. And I've been thinking a lot about it recently, about how bad it is that we do that as women because I think that, We've been indoctrinated to think by patriarchal ideals invented by men that we're, that all we could do, like if we have a job, it's our choice, a.k.a. you should enjoy working and your main duty is being a mother and then you shouldn't you won't have time for yourself so. there's no,
0: yeah there's no life so, for you in the mix yeah
1: exactly so and we do that to ourselves as women also we put ourselves under that pressure because we've been brainwashed by the patriarchy as well mm. and actually i sometimes have to stop myself and go you know what this isn't you like, do not do this to yourself, you're like in the bullies, just gone mental. <sighs> you're actually a really good mum who loves your kids a lot, but sometimes you do have to go out, and sometimes you do have to leave them with people that you know to look after them that aren't their relatives or whatever. yeah, so I think, um, when I first started, I had this thing that was a mixture of social and cultural pressure. Yeah. about it either has to be a family member or it has to be me or the dad. Like, and that if anything else, is just child abuse. And yeah. that's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. So now, so now it's like, if anything, I think that I had two kids because, and I don't know if you feel the same, but I felt like I had two kids because I wanted them to have each other. I do feel a little bit better about leaving them to go to work or to do something else now, because they've got each other and they're yeah. at that stage now where they like playing. And, and they love each other. other yeah. 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 So I don't feel as bad as when I just had one. I've, I always felt so guilty then. Yeah. And there's also something about learning
0: that whole process as well, because you have one. And like you say, you put these unrealistic pressures on yourself and it isn't. We are, A, like you say, almost brainwashing to believe that's how our life should be. But at the same time, it's the pressure that comes that you put on yourself. And I suppose that there's that element of being judged by other women and other mothers. Am I doing this right? And you might have a... And con- ourselves. Yeah, exactly that. And you might have a conversation with another mother and they say to you, oh, you know, no, I gave up my career to be a mum. And you think, oh, my goodness, well, I've not done that. Should I be doing that? Should I be giving
1: <sighs> up my career? Because I haven't done that. I'm a mo- And I'm also a mum. And I think I have... I can't in my house because I'm the only one who earns any money. <laughs> so we'd be we'd
0: be on the dot of there's, no, there's no choice here but i think i think it is like you say there's that real that unrealistic view of what it looks like you can just be doing your best constantly and i look back at my mum who raised me by herself who I know was working, as I said before, more than one job and turning it around. And I never, I look back and I didn't ever feel like I went without. I didn't ever feel that she wasn't really Same. around.
1: But I also feel like when I look at my situation that I earn, you know, more money than my mum did. Yeah. And I feel so grateful because I think being like a, in my situation or your situation mm. so different to what our mums have Oh, to 100%. Do. And also it's like, I took time to find amazing childcare and I've got someone who helps me that's absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And actually, the first kid, I didn't find that. So I felt guilty when I left her with them because it always felt like she was missing out. But now that I've got, my two kids and somebody who's amazing, I actually feel like when I leave them, I go out feeling like they're getting an amazing time of it because this woman's just so great. Yeah. And I feel fortunate to be able to have that help and I'm not under any illusion that, you know, I'm doing what my mum did. No, of she course. was desperately depressed, like having to leave me with random pa babysitters she hadn't met before, worrying if they were axe murderers or not. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, exactly that. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. And I think, like you say, it's a notable difference. We are very yeah. fortunate, we're very lucky. And I think, I also think it's notably different in the sense of the way that our generation is a lot more open to the fact that childcare exists.
1: Yeah, and also, like, we also are... It is still hard. It's bloody hard. Like you still feel bad, but it's just like a bit better than our mum's generation, yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely that.
0: So I know that going on tour, obviously you tour a lot. You've been touring recently. How does that look like for you when it comes to being mum? Because that is, it's, touring is hard. It's not, it's, it's when you're a performer, it's probably your are most favorite time right because you're doing the actual thing that you you set out to do when you were a kid you didn't realize it would come with these podcasts and interviews and everything else yeah but you're actually performing and and that's your love but it's hard work it's graft it's full on and then you chuck a couple of kids into the mix
1: yeah so the first time I did it which was in the documentary they made about me called as I am that's on the iPlayer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you can see that in that that I'm basically just having a breakdown because I hadn't done it before, yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to be both. I was trying to do everything. So I like would wake up at seven a.m. with the baby and then put her to bed at seven and then have two hours till nine to do my hair and makeup and then nine I'd go on stage until eleven. And then I'd come off stage and I'd be in bed by 12 and then get up again at 7. And it was just like that every single day. And on the day off, I didn't have a day off. I'd just have the baby and I'd give the nanny a day off, which was completely wrong. What? (laughs) I know. that's Well, you see it in that documentary. It looks like I'm going to die. And I I felt like I might. But (laughs) this time round, I basically alternated days off with the nanny and I... Also asked if she'd do the mornings. So I'd wait. I'd do basically that, but I'd I'd start work, motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> at about nine, ten o'clock. Just to give yourself that bit of... Yeah.
0: Of a brief... Well, of sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, but also my daughter is in school, so I didn't take her out of school for all of it. Mm-hmm. So it was sometimes just the one baby and then... Yeah. I don't know about you, but when... When
0: they do start school, there's something in you that when you go to work, it feels that bit easier because you think, I can't be with them anyway. So they're at school. I'm not, you know, there's nothing I could be doing. So every time I go to work on my little ones like now are at school, I don't feel guilty for that time away from home. I don't yeah. know if that, if, if, if you get that feeling, but I just think, okay, I, I love it when they're at school. Is the
1: baby in nursery?
0: Not yet, not yet. And that's something I'm going to do he starts in January i've got settling in Mine's before starting Christmas. in january ah. yay i am um, <laughs> <laughs> yes what was it like having your second little one during lockdown because what a weird time to be pregnant what a weird time to give birth like it's a it's a really funny 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 place for everybody the last couple of years what was that like for
1: you there's a lot of paranoia about covid obviously. There was pros and cons to it. I felt more isolated, but I felt less isolated in my mind because I decided to write about it a lot on social media this time, which I hadn't done before. And that felt like there was a real community of mums talking back at me that are having similar experiences. It was so brilliant to read that, you know,
0: because I'd not long had Blake, and I remember looking at your post thinking it's just, it was so lovely to see you talking like that.
1: It was helpful for everyone, though, for me as well. And then I feel like it sounds really awful, but I didn't miss all the visitors.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) So with you. I am so. I'm so with you. pleased
1: just to be left alone <laughs> at the beginning. It's that first couple of weeks where you're just so broken. Yeah. And it's usually like, Oh, can't they visit in a couple of weeks but everyone wants to flood over. I I was so pleased not to have to do that. Yeah, and
0: then you end up making everyone else cups of tea, don't you? Yeah, you end
1: up <laughs> cooking for them or making them sandwiches and it should be the other way around. Yeah.
0: That's the one thing that I have to say that Marv and I said a lot. We were like, look, it's not been great. And when they're that small, they change daily, don't they? So it's not, it's sad, and, you know, on one hand that everyone couldn't come over and see them. But on the other hand, we can just be tucked away and say we're just a bit... And even if when it was okay, I could just be like, I'm still a little bit paranoid about COVID because he's still so young and everybody got it. So it gives me a chance to, like, get into my routine and find my groove with him a little bit before everyone demanding you make him a sandwich when they come over.
1: Yeah, while you're trying to, like, learn how to walk again postpartum. Absolutely (laughs) that.
0: Absolutely that. Let's talk about breastfeeding because that was that was one thing that I was really pleased about because I really the first two times I didn't get on with breastfeeding very well at all, and I think I put too much pressure on myself the first time. I was in the band still when I had a layer, and I remember we had a performance on Lorraine, and it was like three weeks or four weeks after she was born, oh
1: my God, and
0: I remember wearing these spanks that were up to here, trying to dance and be hot like. As if you feel hot. My boobs were leaking and I just thought, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I just didn't let it be a thing. And then with Valley, I find it quite quite difficult. I didn't really get a lot of milk. And I just, then I had a layer and I freaked out. And I was just determined with Blake to really sort of lean into it and give it a go. So I was actually quite thankful for that period of time and that lockdown to really sort of try and embrace it a little bit. But goodness me, it's hard, it's really... It, it, it can be so beautiful, but also so difficult. Yeah. How do you find it?
1: So the first baby, it took ages to get her to breastfeed and I was so adamant that that's what I'd do that I think it took over the being headstrong and I got mastitis twice and Oof. I fed through it and it, it was such agony, even to the point where the second mastitis belt I was like convulsing in bed and I had to be on a drip oh my goodness and I still fed her which I think in hindsight is absolutely mad so I put myself through all of that and then we had like the breastfeeding thing and it was seven months that I did it for um and it was exclusive breastfeeding for seven months before I started like weaning off and it didn't suit, I don't think it suited me. I couldn't lose any weight because I was breastfeeding. Like, until when I lost, when I like stopped breastfeeding and weaned off slowly, don't mum's listening, just suddenly stop because you get, you'll get yeah, so ill. Yeah. And then I just like wouldn't lose weight. And all of my life, like all my hormones got better afterwards and I, you know, like lost the weight again and blah, blah, blah. And then the second time I tried. And she just couldn't get a rhythm. It wasn't her latch, because people keep talking about latch all the time. I knew what I was doing. I know how to breastfeed, and I've done it before. Mm. She just couldn't get the rhythm of breathing and sucking at the same time. So she'd always, like, come off and on and off and on, and it was killing me, Um, and it was really painful. So in the end, I ended up pumping, which was a nightmare, eight times a day to a bottle. So I was pumping up to about a litre of milk a day, um for her to drink because i do get a lot of milk my boobs are ridiculous and i hate them 32 double f from a 32b
0: yeah horrible do you know what i'm um, mine my, my were similar to that i think i went to a <laughs> i went to a g at one point and i'm normally like a c and i was yeah. just like just mad what are these and it's the nipples the size of the
1: nipple I'm I know. like, wow! It's like they look like a couple of null dog toys. Oh my but so, God. so in the end, I was like, I'm pumping, I'm pumping. I got to about three months, and I just thought, what the hell am I doing again? Yeah, like this is fine. I'm just gonna go to formula. I sent you a few desperate messages. You I did. Think. We spoke, didn't we? I just, just like what? I just- <laughs> 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 and as soon as I went to formula, I. And I tried all the posh ones and everything and I just ended up on the bog standard in the end. And it was fine. And I just felt like, you know, I'd rather she was pulling off and on a bottle because she can't get the ribbon than off and on me. And then she got bigger and, you know, now she knows how to use it. But she's never been like great with feeding, she sort of knows what she wants, bloody blah, blah I don't know, I feel like if I was going to have a third, which is probably unlikely, but you never say never, I'd probably just not even bother. <laughs> yeah. I don't just... even see what it's cracked up to be. The first one was ill all the time, the second one was mainly formula and never got ill. Yeah, yeah, well,
0: do you know what, it, it, <laughs> you're so right, because it's that's so interesting, because I had a layer who was honestly, like, golden. Like, she arrived... And I did, like I said, I didn't get on with it. So she was formula, amazing. And then I remember a friend around me being like, "But I'm breastfeeding, and why is she always ill? And yours is so." I think, and then I had Blake, and then he had a bit of an intolerance to dairy, which now he's actually grown out of, which is fine. So I had to, I had to then basically have the vegan diet whilst I was breastfeeding, and I just found the whole thing. Exhausting Dealing with a layer back to school, figuring out what PE kit I'd forgotten. And it was non-uniform day for the other one. And then I also forgot that. And then trying to be a vegan and I'm not a vegan. So <laughs> it was really hard. So I just, and then I thought, do you know what? I think we're done now for kids. We sort of said that we feel like three is nice for us and it works really well. But if I was to have a fourth, I just not sure I would stress about it. It was almost like I'd built myself up to not being able to ever do it properly and I thought, wow, I gave myself such a hard time. And also,
1: I was formula fed and I turned out all right.
0: I was on good old cow and gay and so was <laughs> so, so,
1: so so were Ralea and Valley.
0: But Blake, he just wasn't good. He had to have like a goat's milk one. He got all fancy when he arrived. <laughs> but yeah, I think like you say, it's just that pressure again that you look back and you think, and you're so in it that you can't see the pressure that you're putting on yourself.
1: Do you know what was funny though was um I made friends with this really lovely woman called Carmel Gentle who's like specialises in breastfeeding and she also does tongue tie and she's on Instagram and stuff, she's brilliant. But um so she saw my post when I said I'm gonna stop breastfeeding and I've got a freezer for and I'm about to throw it down the sink. And she called me and she was like, Don't throw it! I've got this mum who's not breastfeeding okay that I could give the milk to. Oh, wow. So I gave all my milk to someone. I don't know who they are, and they don't know it was my milk. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. You need to find this person. <laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> I just was like she But was she lovely. must She's love like, you. She must she won't love you. No, know it was pop star milk. It's,
0: this was this was some fun celebrity <laughs> milk. <laughs> <laughs> that is so brilliant. How mental is that? That is absolutely mental. <laughs> she could be watching you on telly and not know that she used your milk. That's
1: so. wild.
0: <laughs> what do you think is the biggest thing you've learnt about yourself since becoming a parent? And what are you still trying to figure out?
1: The biggest thing I think I've learned about myself is how my capacity for, like, a lot of stress and work is ever-expanding. Sometimes I feel so tired, but I just feel like, how the hell did I get through that three weeks? Like, you must do that as well. And still my kids love me and they still, like, feel bonded to me. Because sometimes you sort of worry that if you're doing too much or you're preoccupied that you'll just be like this, they'll just forget about you. Yeah, that you're not present enough. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly that.
0: You're so right. As much as you think you
1: just have stretched it. I think mums are superheroes. I think they all are in all the different guises, single parents, stay-at-home mums, working mums. I've got so much respect for all of them. Absolutely. And it's something that I didn't
0: realise until I was older. I think I realised before I had kids, actually. It wasn't to do with... It was just becoming a bit older and looking back at my mum and thinking, goodness me, you are a rock star. Like, that isn't... You know, and bless her, she's doing it all again for my kids. So she's probably like... Just when she thought she got rid of us.
1: She loves it. I've seen her. She loves it. Actually,
0: well, she pretends she does a lot of the time, I think. (laughs) Right, we're going to do something now that we call My Little Questions. Now, these are questions to you. I have nothing to do with these, but these are from Alea. (laughs) So this is what she wanted to ask you. Hi, Paloma,
1: it's me, Alea. When you were on The Voice, did you prefer The Voice Kids or The Voice Adults? That's easy. It was definitely The Voice Kids. (laughs) Really? Yeah, because I feel like the the kids were infinitely more talented (laughs) and also they're just so innocent and they just they don't want anything they're just so like grateful for just being there and there's no expectation and so it was a really like beautiful experience to feel as well that I feel like I've got more to offer children than I do adults anyway because I always wanted to work with kids yeah I suppose given your background and your mum, right? That must be in you. And I I
0: love, I I prefer to watch the kids' one, actually. I love it. There's something about, like you say, you can see that real star before the world's got to them, that real, like, pure quality. It's lovely. Right, we have one more. Well, no, we have a few more, actually. Christ, she loves you.
1: (laughs) I know you
0: had a big... Record called New York. That's one of my favourite places and I really want to go there. What should I do and where should I go?
1: Oh, wow. Um, Well, I haven't been to New York for a long time now because of COVID and because of not being able to travel and stuff and having my kids. But if I was to go back, I really like this Caribbean restaurant called Miss Lily's. Yes, I know it. Do you? Yes. Yeah. And I used to go there quite a lot when I was there. And I actually met my children's dad there because he worked there. <laughs> oh, no way. Oh, that is such a nice yeah. story. That is so, such a nice story. I would say there. And for children, I don't know because I've never been with my kids. Yeah. There where go. to go? Next phase, you see. Next yeah. phase. Next time you're in New
0: York. Right, here we go. Another one. Do your children come with you when you go on tour? Now, I think she's asking this because she's desperate to go on tour with her dad. Her dad's on tour at the minute. And she I've taken her to the odd one, but she's like, I just want to be... She thinks that the tour bus thing is like a real
1: thing. So my kids do come with me and they love the tour bus. My five-year-old daughter loves sleeping on the tour bus and she always funnily enough it must be the smell or something when she picks her bed she always picks the one i've been sleeping in for the whole tour so i get booted out
0: (laughs) that is really nice though that's so nice the mama smell she knows where you are right last one from alaya i know you just finished your tour my daddy's on tour at the minute he's always complaining how tired he is do you get tired
1: I do get tired, but because I'm a mum, I don't complain. Cause yeah. Daddy's always complain, mums don't.
0: Real talk, Paloma. <laughs> Real talk. Honestly, it's all I've heard. It's all I've heard. And where they've not got dancers because of COVID in there, used to having that round them. They're doing a lot of dancing. And poor Marv, it's not you know he needs some bit of, some oil in those joints I was like, it's, been a, it's been a long time since he's done all that you know I,
1: fu- I found like going on stage every night a break tell him I said that
0: yeah I will do you know what that's a really <laughs> fair point that's what I say when he calls me and he says he's tired I'm like please I'm working and I'm still running ship without you here I can't listen to this <laughs> Right, this section we call My Little Tips. And essentially, we our listeners are really, we're we're all looking for tips, aren't we? We're all looking for that bit of advice. So I would like to get probably your top tip when it comes to breastfeeding, because I know how much you've done it. What would be your number one tip when it comes to breastfeeding?
1: If you're really adamant, like I was the first time about making it work, my top tip would be that you need to give it a good f- two, three weeks of hell before you decide whether you can or can't do it, and it's really hard. But don't like put yourself down, and you know if and also if you decide not to, it's okay. Mhm. Mhm.
0: So you, so you think you've you've really got to roll with it for a few weeks.
1: Yeah, and that thing that everyone goes on about, the latch, the latch, the latch. I mean, shut up. Because <laughs> it just makes you feel like it's your fault.
0: Yeah, like, you're so right. And I I found that. Because it's almost as if, as if you've you not got them on properly.
1: Yeah, and the more you feel like that, the more you're going to... F- sort of get all anxious and not do it properly. So just relax. Like, some babies have little mouths and some mums have massive nipples like me. Like me. That's (laughs) basically what... I mean, I can't believe mine. They used to be tiny, but I don't know what these kids did to Mate, them. No, I well, I
0: they're renamed <laughs> the burger nipples because I just <laughs> mine just went super dark and super huge, and same, and, and my, they've never gone back. No, well, my well, exactly. My midwife said to me that that happens, be, and you know, you get the line up your tummy. Yeah,
1: mine's still there.
0: Yeah, well, mine, mine's just about faded now, and he's just over one. But my midwife said, and then I actually fell in love with the line all over again. She said, when I had Blake, she said, the reason it's there, and I can never ask this. I got to my third pregnancy and just didn't ask why this line appeared. She said, you you could birth your baby and you could put them on your tummy, and they would find their way up to the line to the
1: nipple. Yeah, I tried that and it doesn't work. <laughs> oh no! Does this- a oh, Very dark line so due to my Spanish heritage and, and big I would nipples. Say, Piss
0: off! <laughs> I fell in love with. I was like, this line It, it serves no purpose. I, I
1: love the idea of it, but I kept putting her on me, and she couldn't find shit. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love you. I love that. That is so funny. Well, I didn't try. I was like, he. This is this nipple is. Yeah, I mean, you could see it from Mars. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> well. I have loved talking to you. You are an absolute ray of sunshine. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. And thanks for being so honest and so brilliant as you are.
1: Oh, thanks. Lovely to speak to you. Thanks for
0: having me. Take it easy on yourself. Have a bath. Look after yourself. All of that stuff. I feel like we need to tell each other that.
1: Lock ourselves in the toilets. Like Margot from the Royal Tenenbaum That's bombs. Do you know what exactly? Lock yourself in the toilet. Sometimes
0: a, a poo is all the me time you need, or <laughs> all you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Paloma. How brilliant is she? So refreshing to hear that honesty. I absolutely love her, an absolute ray of sunshine. Right, I will be back next week with another fantastic guest. So make sure you follow the My Little Coco podcast wherever you get your podcast to guarantee that you get the latest episodes as soon as they are available. Also leave a comment to let me know your thoughts on the episode. For more helpful products and inspiration on all things baby, visit the advice section on boots.com today. You'll also receive helpful advice and inspirations completely tailored to your stage of pregnancy or for the age of your child. And if you download the Boots app, you'll receive digital offers
1: too.